And then when you bet on a horse and it wins or it does what you, the race is going to unfold the way you think it's going to unfold because there's many things that happen in a race. And you're right. It's just such a feeling of accomplishment because you figured out the puzzle and you get rewarded because you get a cash or ticket, you know. So it's the challenge, I guess, you know, that keeps me around for sure. Thanks for joining us on Louisiana's Playground Podcast, your roadmap to all things Lake Charles, Louisiana. I'm Brittany Raynard and excited to debut at long last our new co-host here on Louisiana's Playground, Miss Jillian Corder of KPLC. Hello. Jillian is a well-seasoned broadcaster over a decade of experience in the TV news industry, and she's going to bring that savvy professionalism to the microphone here on the podcast. Somebody needs to. Yes. <laughs> she also happens to be my wife. My wife. My wife. How about that? Yeah. I'm your wife. That's cool, huh? Yeah. I'm excited to be here, Brady. Uh, this is really new for me. I talk for a living is what I always tell people. I do it on TV, but this is the first time being behind a microphone in this sense. And um, yeah, I'm excited about it. It's a new adventure for me, for us. Absolutely. And while I am a Louisiana native, I'm not from Southwest Louisiana, but Jillian is. That's right. Um, my family's originally from Texas, but I grew up in Southwest Louisiana um, and absolutely loved it. I loved, I loved growing up here and visiting Lake Charles. We were only about an hour away. So visiting Lake Charles, you know, every weekend was always a great experience and living here now and raising our family here. It is like a staycation in a way. So I I absolutely love it. There's a new adventure every weekend, every turn. You know, my day job, I'm a, I'm a journalist here. I report and anchor the evening news, but I'm excited to start this new adventure on Louisiana's Playground podcast and excited to share all the stories and experiences here in Southwest Louisiana to all of our listeners so that you can build your perfect Lake Charles itinerary next time you come to town. Ooh, nice segue, Jillian. Well, look, we've got a great show for your first episode, episode 30. Overall of the podcast, we're already over a full year. What an exciting journey so far. Don Stevens of Delta Downs, he's the racetrack announcer for horse racing. He's coming on, and boy, is he passionate about horse racing. A fun conversation as we dive into all of that. But before we get there, you should know the drill by now. It's time for a special segment. Jillian? On VEs. It's the part of the show where we go to a local restaurant, we sample the dishes, we give you the lowdown on the atmosphere, and just overall the enjoyment of going to another local establishment. This week we head to Delta Downs to pair with the racetrack episode, and we went to the Tin Lizard. This place was great. So right when you walk into Delta Downs, it's a really open atmosphere. To the right, you've got all the games, right? The casino is set up over there, the FanDuel Sports Bar, all of that. To the left uh, is the hotel down a corridor and all of the restaurants that they've got there at Delta Downs. And the first one you get to is the Tin Lizard. And this was like a really bright spot in an otherwise kind of dark casino atmosphere. And it was really cool to walk into. And like at Delta Downs, uh, they're constantly reinventing themselves. And so they're not afraid to open new restaurants and do something new. And Tin Lizard is one of those. They've just been open for a little over a year. June of 2022 is when they officially opened. And it's really just a relaxing atmosphere with plenty of TVs, a huge bar in the middle. It's kind of an elevated sports bar feel. We've used that term before here on the podcast. And that 
is another place that kind of really fits there. You're comfortable whether you're into sports or not, but it's a very relaxing environment, but also with enough TVs and enough eyes there that you can find whatever game you're looking for if you're there during uh, you know, a sports ball game a sports ball game (laughs) (laughs) which we were when we visited the tin lizard you know we were there for for sunday you know afternoon night football um we were there for football and it was great because they had them up on all the screens the bar is you know backlit behind all the bottles so it's it's really pretty to look at i'm one of those people that looks too closely at like like light fixtures and things like that so i loved i loved everything though in the restaurant it was amazing but the food was brought out by a robot busboy. Yes, they have two robots. One is a server that has different trays on it, bringing out the food. The other one's a busser. Uh, you put your tray on it and takes it away back to the kitchen. So it's really cool. And um, they said that it gets really busy there sometimes, and they're just an extra set of hands, which is cool. Or wheels. Or wheels. Well, you, you mentioned the food and what they'll be bringing out. They kind of have a spin on Louisiana favorites, things like boudin, egg rolls, uh, crawfish queso dip. There's craft pizzas, burgers, sandwiches, steaks, and really, you know, that kind of casual American-style food that you kind of come to expect. And, and the portion sizes are all really, really good, which is something that I, as someone with a large appetite, focuses on. And their portion sizes were great in addition to what they were actually bringing out on the plates. Yeah, generally when Brady and I go eat somewhere, Brady finishes his meal within, I don't know, three and a half minutes. It's like, that's the the time clock. The standard. That's the standard. Meanwhile, I take my time eating and don't usually finish a meal, but this was so good there at Tin Lizard that I actually, you know, cleaned my plate a bit, so. And we opened with an appetizer, the boudin egg rolls. Spicy boudin, pepper jack cheese, chipotle ranch. I'll make up those boudin egg rolls, and they're absolutely delicious. They are spicy, though. Like a warning, they have some kick. You were talking about how spicy they were a couple of minutes after eating it as well. The first bite, I said, oh, this is spicy. And then maybe five (laughs) minutes later, my eyes were kind of watering a little bit. I said, oh, yeah, it's still spicy. (laughs) But they're crispy, man, and great boudin flavor, and I love you take that bite and you kind of squeeze and you can see the cheese oozing oh, yeah. out of the egg roll. Cheese coming out of it. Uh, really crispy. Not in like a overdone kind of way. It was just perfect. It was the perfect little fried boudin egg roll. I love experimental egg rolls. You that know, is your thing. It, right? Like Southwest egg rolls, boudin egg roll, like jambalaya egg rolls we've had in town before too. Um, I'm really into those. Yeah. I'm really into anything that's deep fried, to be fair. Touche. What did you get? I got the blackened chicken sandwich, which had blackened chicken, applewood smoked bacon, pepper jack cheese, and ranch on the side, along with a huge pile of french fries that came out with them. Um, and they're those perfect french fries that are really crispy. They, they're they coated in like cornstarch or flour and, and then fried. So they're really crispy on the outside. Um, I determined while I was there that that's my favorite type of french fry. Your favorite? Yeah. We had this debate not long ago, and I thought it was waffle fries, but I've changed my mind. I may change my mind again tomorrow, but for right now- Your favorite fries, the one in front of you. My favorite French fries, my favorite type of potato is the one in front of me, pretty much. But um, yeah, the sandwich was delicious. It had two chicken breasts on it, which I wasn't expecting. 
So it was really large. I had to cut it several times to, to, to start eating it, but it was delicious. Uh, cheese was perfectly melted. Uh, the ranch there is really good. I'm, I'm a big fan of ranch, but I am picky about it everywhere I go. And I wanted to ask where, what kind they use. I always try to ask people where their ranch comes from and usually they don't give away their secrets, but it was, it was really good there. Delicious. Meanwhile, I got the Philly cheese steak, or as people in Philly say, the cheese steak, uh, in celebration of uh, the Eagles beating the Cowboys, which is always fun. Yeah. Um, and look, the bread that it came on, it was fluffy, buttery. It has a kind of a light toast to it. So it had just a lit, you know, that little bit of perfect crunch that you're kind of looking for. One thing they did a little different that I appreciated uh, instead of the really thin slice that you typically expect on a cheese steak, it was more chunk. It was kind of a chunk of steak on each. It's still very tender, but they were a little bit bigger. Uh, and it's, so it kind of grasped the cheese a little bit better. I kind of put some buffalo sauce on it. It obviously could come with peppers and uh, onions as well. I have to stop uh, you. As typical cheesesteaks do. You kind of put some buffalo on it? Yeah, just, just, you know, just a little bit. A little. Oh, okay. I thought I remember you drowning in, in buffalo, as you often do. I am a um, hot sauce buffalo uh, sauce fanatic. How and did so you like their buffalo sauce? I though? did. I thought it was a very good buffalo sauce that paired really well. The mozzarella cheese was great. And it was such a meaty, buttery, toasted sandwich. So, so good. And like you said, come with fries. And the fries were great. They were crunchy. They tasted great with both ketchup and the uh, leftover buffalo sauce that I had there. So <laughs> very, very good meal. And speaking of buffalo sauce, they have wings there on the menu. Uh, with several different options. And wing specials during the week as well. Yeah. So lots of different options on their menu there. Really good. All the food we ordered was was perfect. Delivered quickly as well. A great staff. We met you know, our waiter while we were there and the manager over there. And everybody was super friendly, as you will find here in Southwest Louisiana. As far as other restaurants on the property, there's the Rosewater Grill and Tavern. We'll talk a little bit more about that in our interview. They serve steak, seafood, drinks, a relaxed Louisiana flair. The best part of it, though, is the windows that run alongside the track. So while you're eating, you can see the horse racing. And in fact, that's when they're open is while the horse racings are going on. Um, and so they're a great place to eat if you're there during those times, as well as a 24 hours a day uh, diner style gator grill, as they call it. Uh, so a lot more relaxed kind of food, you know, if you're up kind of late and the other restaurants are closed and you need a bite, the Gator Grill got you covered. Yeah, it's right across from the casino, so super convenient. And they have kind of a grab-and-go situation there. But we had a great time at the Tin Lizard. Uh, again, just a really fun atmosphere there, watching the game, getting a great meal. Absolutely loved it. We hope you try it and let us know what you think. From a great meal to a great guest, we welcome on Don Stevens, Delta Downs' racetrack announcer. After attending his first live horse race at the age of 13, Stevens developed a lifelong passion for the sport of kings. In 2003, Stevens was given the opportunity to join Boyd Gaming at Delta Downs in Benton. For the past 20 years, he's been a fixture there at the track in southwest Louisiana. His exciting race calls and informative handicapping while hosting the track's nightly simulcast show have entertained fans and given them plenty of winning tickets to cash over the years. He now brings that info to the podcast. Welcome to the show, Don. Oh, I'm glad to be here. I love the view. This office is wonderful. 
So Southwest Louisiana is known for our big city amenities and small town charm, which makes for a variety of experiences that one can add to their itinerary when they're here, from the types of food to outdoor adventures and national regional entertainment that the lake area draws. But before we get started, we ask each guest a few questions to let our listeners know you a little bit better and how you play in Louisiana's playground. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. The first question. Crawfish or gumbo? Um, when I moved here, I would have said gumbo, but now I like crawfish. Oh, what, yeah, I think what I've switched. Happened? Yeah, I don't know. I've had gumbo before in other parts. I've lived all over the country, <clears throat> but when I got here, you know, everybody's like, people up north, crawfish, ooh, you know, they, it's it's a bug, you know, all that kind of stuff. Then I tried it and I kind of liked it, and then we started having crawfish boils, and I like spicy food, so I'm a crawfish guy now. I actually don't eat crawfish. See, you're one of those people. I am one, one of those. those. Yeah. I am one of those people, which is really weird because I've grown. But I up love here. gumbo on a cold day, you know, and mm-hmm. you know. But and I would many cho- of those around here. But you know, you... I'm with you. Yeah. I would choose crawfish, even though I don't eat it, because the experience that right. comes with that. Right. Not that I don't love crawfish and crawfish yeah. boils and everything that goes with it, but you know, there's no such thing as gumbo season. It's always gumbo season. Yeah, so. that's true. Especially with football. Football and gumbo go really well together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. you Brady, you like gumbo because that's your excuse to spend like 11 hours alone and in the kitchen. <laughs> Can we just start the next question? <laughs> I don't want to get in the middle of this. Okay. Our next question. Poolside or beachside? Uh, probably beachside. Uh, my wife and I just take a, took a vacation out west of the mountains, and we're really kind of mountain people. And we're living here. There's no mountains. But anyway, <laughs> but, I, but I think I'd rather be on a beach. We've been on some cruises and laid on a beach in like Cozumel and stuff like that. And, you know, I have a pool at my house and I don't hardly ever use it. I probably should. But uh, I would say beachside. Yeah. It's hard to beat the, the sounds, the feeling, the escape. Right. You know, the all waves of those things. hitting yeah. the shore, all that. Yeah. The pool, you just have the pool pump running over by the house. You know, something like that. The little Oscar cleaning yeah, it go. up. That's right? right. That's right. Okay. Third question. Concert or comedy show? Oh, that one's hard. Um, I'm not really a music person, even though on my show every night at Delta, we play music. We have a musical act of the night. We do things that no other racetrack does, okay? I brought that in when I came here years ago. We made it. We try to make it entertaining and fun. And I like music, but I don't listen to it as much as I probably should. So I'd probably say comedy show. I just think the fact, the escapism, you know? I mean, you're going through your daily life. You're busy. You're, you know, stressed out. You got kids. In my case, grandkids. And to listen to a comedy show for 30 minutes or an hour and totally forget that and just bust out laughing and you, you, all your cares are gone. That's a, But music does that, too. People sing along and get lost in memories of where they were in high school when they heard that song for the first time and things like that. So I can see either one, but I like to laugh. Well, we appreciate you kind of sharing that and kind of understanding how you play here in Louisiana's yeah, Playground yeah. when you're here. Now, as far as what we're talking about today horse racing, and in particular, just the Delta Downs experience. What do you feel like stands out most about Delta Downs? What do you guys pride yourself in the most? Probably the fact that it's an intimate racetrack. And what I mean by that is it's only six furlongs. And if you're not into racing, you don't know, that's three quarters of a mile. That's a small racetrack. In North America, most tracks are a mile. Some are bigger, some are smaller, but most are around a mile in size. Ours is only six furlongs. What I really like about Delta is the fact that our track apron is banked, okay? We're not flat. So the fans that stand there and that are in the grandstand, they're elevated a little bit. And when you have the smallish type track, the action is never far away. I have a friend over in Texas I met two years after I got here, big racing fan. 
he came over one night. And in fact, he made $3,000 on my picks on a big race night. And that's why he met me. He called me and said, <laughs> he called me and said, uh, Hey, I, come down here. I got to buy you a drink. I said, was this a stalker or, you know, I don't know who this guy was when we've been friends ever since, but he says what he loves about it is he can go stand on that apron, make a bet, watch his horse run all the way around the track, not look at the TV, but he, he can see his horse, you know, it's not so far away. And so I think the, the intimacy and the closeness to the action is like the main point about Delta Downs racing. And I think it's a good point too. You mentioned your picks. You post your picks every day. Every day, every day. Yeah, win, lose, or draw. I have a good day, a bad day. I'm out there. And I've seen it before where you've said you take those picks seriously. You're not just mailing those picks in. No, I sit at home. You know, we race at night. So I go to work in the afternoon on a race day and I'll spend three, four, five hours at home looking at races and handicapping. Handicapping meaning, you know, figuring out the race, studying it. And then I'll put them online and people get to see them and, you know, I win or I lose. And, you know, it is what it is. I, I pride myself on being a pretty good handicapper. I'm hitting over 30% winners right now this season at Delta, which is, you know, really good. It's hard to hit. It's like a baseball player. You hit 300, you're going to make millions of dollars, right, in the Major League Baseball. Well, if you're hitting 30% or above in picking horses, you're doing pretty good. So I pride myself on that. I know nothing about horse racing. And the more you talk, the more I, like, realize I need to learn. I need to do some studying on horse racing because – I'm limited to it's an oval shaped track and women wear hats to derbies. Like that's where my knowledge kind of very ends. basic knowledge. Yeah. It does. So how often do you have racing at Delta Downs? Well, we race about 130 days a year. Okay. Out of you know the year, we have a quarter horse season in the summer and we have a thoroughbred season in the fall winter. Okay. Um, we run more thoroughbreds than we do quarter horses. Nationally, they're more popular because we simulcast our signal. We don't just race at Delta. You know, we put out a TV show and it goes out via simulcast uh, tracks all over the country. And as of what, 10 or 12 years ago, all over the world, because they stream online and now they have online wagering. So people wager from all over. I've gotten emails from fans anywhere from Japan, South America, Peru, the Middle East, people watch England. I have a lot of big fans in England. As a matter of fact, one guy, funny story, one guy emailed me one time, said, you almost caused me to uh, have a divorce. And I said, why is that? And he said, because I love racing at Delta Downs, but I have to stay up till three o'clock in the morning to bet on it or to watch it. And my wife's like, you ever coming to bed? You know, so I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cause a problem. Yeah, but I love, I love Delta Downs. I love watching and playing. So. And so Delta Downs is celebrating 50 years of horse racing? Yeah, the track opened on September 20th, 1973. And it was originally opened by a guy and built by a guy named Lee Berwick. We still have a race named after him. In fact, a few years ago, it was a million-dollar race. It was the richest race in Louisiana. It was a quarter horse race. But he was a quarter horse guy, and he owned a track over by Mississippi um, on his property over there where it was just a straight track. It wasn't even an oval. It was just a drag strip because quarter horses, if you know, they run a quarter mile. That's why they're called that. And so they just run in a straight line. And he loved it so much that he came over here and got a group of uh, investors together, and they bought 240 acres there in Vinton, where we're at now, and they built a racetrack. And they opened it September 20th, 1973. And uh, it's been there ever since. But the Racing Commission wouldn't let him just run quarter horses. They said, if you open a real track, you have to run thoroughbreds. So he had to run mixed, you know, and then eventually they split. Now they have two separate seasons. So that's how it started. Little Michael, right? Is yeah. it, am I saying that right? There's a lot of apostrophes yeah. in that name. <laughs> Little Michael won the first race back then. The, the trainer who won that race won three races on that program that night, amazingly. And believe it or not, he still races horses here 50 years later. That's incredible. Wow. He's in his mid-70s to 80 years old now. And I put Little Michael there just so I can make a really bad Longest Yard reference. I love Little Michael. Little Michael. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, for those at home, that is a L-I-T comma to the top L is yeah. how that's been spelled. Yeah. 
like and, it. And speaking of, I had kind of touched on it, 50 years at Delta Downs, but uh, 20 years of you here, correct? 20 yeah, I, can't, I can't believe it. You're right. 20 years as of this month. Yeah, I've been here. And when I came here, my wife and I had three kids, little kids, uh, one in elementary school, two in middle school. My wife's from Ohio. Okay, We were coming from Oklahoma. And we drove over the river from Texas, and we, I said, let's, let's drive by the track. Because before we got to our, our rental house, our hotel, whatever, I wanted to show her where I was going to work, you know, because uh, I was coming from another track. And uh, we pulled in here, and I told her, I said, I just have this weird feeling. We're not going to live here more than about five years. We're going to move on. 20 years later, now I have a wife, uh, you know, my wife, my two kids are grown. Well, my three kids are grown, but two of them married here in Louisiana with grandchildren, and I guess we're here to stay. If you'll have us, you know, if Louisiana. I, have us. I, I, I guess not originally Louisiana. I guess you've done enough, right? Yeah, you, I've done you, enough, you like yeah. the crawfish, so I yeah, guess I like we'll the let the you stay. Yeah. And so for the racetrack to kind of pull you in, uproot your, you know, where you're from, and and plant new roots, there has to be a real passion there. I can tell that there's the passion just mm -hmm. by the way you talk about horse racing. Right. What is it that draws you to the track each and every day? Oh man, it's the competition. It's the trying to figure out the puzzle. You know, there's a lot of different ways to gamble nowadays, especially with online sports wagering and all that kind of thing, uh, lottery, whatever. But with horse racing, you get a program or you get past performances. You open it up. You see, if you haven't, if you're new like you and you looked at that, it would look like mumbo jumbo. Yeah. It looked like I'm speaking Greek, right? Um, bunch of numbers, names, whatever, and you don't know what to make of it. Well, I grew up going to the races. I went to my first race in Seattle, Washington, or near there at a track called Long Acres. In 1977, when I was 13 years old, I'm dating myself now. But anyway, <laughs> my mom took me to the track, and we didn't know what we were doing. My mom said, oh, I like blue silks. Bet on the five horse. Okay, we bet. And we won. Okay, that's probably why I'm here today, because we're like, oh, this is easy. Okay, it's not easy. Okay, <laughs> but And you can't just pick numbers and birth dates and things like that. You can, but if you want to get lucky. But opening the program and then deciphering all that and figuring out the puzzle. And then when you bet on a horse... And it wins or it does what you the race is going to unfold the way you think it's going to unfold because there's many things that happen in a race. And you're right. It's just such a feeling of accomplishment because you figured out the puzzle and you get rewarded because you get a cashier ticket, you know. So it's the challenge, I guess, you know, that keeps me around horse racing. Something that I, I saw pretty interesting about you is that you kind of took that next step and you started on your YouTube channel interviewing the jockeys, interviewing the trainers uh, before the big races and kind of hearing their stories and what kind of brought them to Louisiana, which for you being someone that wasn't from here too, I'm sure you guys kind of connected in that way. Um, what nuggets have you gained through the years learning from trainers and, and jockeys in that manner? Well, standing around on the backside, a lot of times I'll do that on a Tuesday because we race Wednesday through Saturday. So Tuesday's my day I go in and I don't, I work in my office, you know. So I'll go in a couple hours in the morning, stand on the backside with the trainers and take pictures of the jockeys. And that's when I did the videos and all that kind of stuff. You learn a lot of things, but the one thing I took away, not a nugget about racing specifically, but how hard these people work. When you go to the track, like as a new person, if you went out there, you would see the post time, you see the post parade, they would race, you'd cash your ticket, whatever, and everybody goes home. These guys work and work and work. I mean, if you go out there sometime, go out there sometime on a Tuesday or Wednesday at 6 to 10 a.m., You'll see 50 horses on the track, all going different directions. They're training. These are athletes. They have to work out. Okay, they have to work their muscles. So, and the jockeys and trainers get up 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. They're at the track at 5. The track opens at 6. You got to feed the horse. You got to call the vet. You have, you know, have to have uh, 
grooms have to do their work with the horses. You got to get them out on schedule. You may have 30 horses in your barn. Everyone has to get out at a certain time. You have to skip the break between 8.30 or 8 and 8.30 when the track closes to be renovated. There is so much to it behind the scenes that you don't see. That's the amazing part to me. And I always knew it was there. But once I started going to the backside and seeing this, I felt like, man, I need to put in a few more hours. I feel lazy, you know? <laughs> These people work hard. That is something that I guess I've never thought about much. It's it's like watching a football game or baseball mm-hmm. or anything. You see these athletes for the performance of right. it. And then you don't really think about what goes on Yeah, and then next week you just tune scenes. in and they're there and you just oh. think, oh, they're doing it again. Great. Know? They work once a day, you know, a week. It, but no, these people are putting in a ton of hours. It's a, this is their life. Exactly. Exactly. So question, went to Delta Downs and saw all the barns in the back, and there are a lot. Are they are they full at any given time? Do people stay there for oh, extended yeah. periods? Mm-hmm. How does that work? Each barn, there's 22 barns, and each barn holds 60 horses. Wow. So we got upwards of 1,300 horses on the grounds during a season. That's a lot of horse flesh, okay? And they also have little dorms back there because the grooms, some of them stay there during the season. They have a bed. We have showers and bathrooms and all kinds of stuff in the back. There's a backside kitchen where they eat. There's a whole community. It's like having a town back there, okay? It's mainly horses, but there's a lot of horsemen and grooms and jockeys and trainers and vets and horseshoers. That's another one. You look at my videos. I've done some videos on horseshoers. That's an amazing job. I couldn't do it. I break my back. You know, they're hunched over all day long, nailing, you know, uh, shoes into horses' hooves. You know, that's another big job. Um, and the economic impact is amazing. I, I read somewhere a little while back that in Louisiana, horse racing has a $2 billion a year economic impact because there's four racetracks in the state. We're just one of them. So a lot of taxes, the people buying hay, the veterinarians, the horses, the trailers. There's a lot of ancillary businesses that goes on, and uh, and uh, there's a lot of tax revenue made off of that. And, and you mentioned people staying. There, there are people that come for the winters in you know a much less milder climate, and they'll stay months at a time here, right? Oh, absolutely. And that's what's interesting, I think, about Louisiana. Because when I came here, this culture is like nothing I've ever experienced. I was born in Kansas. I lived in North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, Oklahoma, Washington, where I went to my first race. My dad was with the government, so we moved a lot. It wasn't because we were being kicked out of town. So, <laughs> sure. And then I moved back to Oklahoma, lived there 20-some years, got married, had a, had a child, and then eventually came here. Well, when I came here, like I said, my wife's from Ohio. She's a meat and potatoes girl. You know, she's like, crawfish, what's that? Ugh. You know, she's like you. She doesn't eat mm-hmm. crawfish. I do. But, um, you know, it's it's the culture. There, there's people here that have their horses, have been in horse racing their whole life, very Cajun, very, you know, whatever. And I love their culture. Then you have these people coming in from all over the country bringing horses for just the meat. So you get the two together. It's so funny because you'll be back there on a Tuesday morning and there'll be a Cajun trainer over here that could – you know, I need subtitles, you know, to mm-hmm. understand what he's saying. Then I got this guy from New York or California over here, you know, and he's got his accent. I'm like, man, this is like quite a melting pot, you know, so it's pretty interesting. The gumbo that is Southwest Louisiana, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's get to the racing. Teach me something. What does a normal night of racing look like at Delta Downs? Well, right now we're starting at 5.15 p.m. That's soon going to change uh, November 15th, I believe, to 5.05. We're going to bump up a little earlier because we try to stay away from being broadcasting races at the same time other tracks race. So, okay. that, so that we give the fans. It's all about the fans. You know, that gives them more chance to watch more races and and uh, wager on them. So, uh Right now, I'll give you an example. We start racing at 5.15, but at 4.45, 30 30 minutes before racing, I'll introduce a national anthem because it's a sporting event. We do that. We start our show, and we run, you know, an open. We're like a regular four-and-a-half-hour TV show, live television show. We have bumps, and we have intros and sponsors and all that kind of stuff. 
So we'll run that and then I'll come on and go over the changes for the night, like if horses are scratched and whatever. I'll talk about the jockey and trainer standings, the weather, the track condition, all that. Then we'll get into racing and I come on about 14 minutes before each race and I give my handicapping picks and my selections and I'll give you four horses that I think first, second, third, and fourth. So the novice fan can just, oh, I'll play what he's playing, you know, if they don't want to handicap and do all this stuff. And we do that right now about nine times a night. And then the race goes on and then we do it over and we go back and forth until the end of the night. And that's a normal night of racing. That sounds fun. Yeah, it's a blast. <laughs> it it's sounds a, like a good time. I mean, for I'm sure. 59 years old and, you know, I, I don't want to tell anybody this, but if they didn't pay me, I'd still go to the race. <laughs> <laughs> You'd still be there. I'd still be we there. We won't tell them you exactly. said that. But you said you, 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 you have music and all that involved oh, yeah. too, though. So mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a party while you're Absolutely. Yeah. A few years ago, when I first got here, uh, internet and all that was still a little new 2003 you know we were just you know getting into all that and i said i want to contact the fans so we made a we made a email address called racefans at boygaming.com so in fans we put that up every night so if people want to contact me they can and sometimes they'll do it during the races and then i'll talk about it on the show so i immediately feed back to what people are saying you know and then a few years later i said you know we play music between races some tracks do some tracks don't i like to because you have 20, 30 minutes between a race. I want to keep things popping, you know? So we came up with a musical act of the night. And at the beginning of the night, we'll have like the Rolling Stones. Okay, so we feature them in races one, three, and nine, or one, five, and nine, so that you know those songs are coming up. And people say, oh, can I request this song? Okay, I take requests like a, a radio DJ, you know? So we do a lot more than other racetracks. I pride ourselves on that because we go the extra mile to try to entertain everybody. Yeah, keep it entertaining right. through that whole, you said four hours, four and a half yeah, hours. About four yeah. hours. Yeah, it's basically a live show for four hours. You had talked about betting uh, numerous times. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think most people uh, that are familiar with betting, at least in the horse uh, spectrum, understand the win, place, and show. Right. But for people like Jillian here. Yeah. I'm shaking my head because I have no idea what that means. I mean, I understand winning. That yeah. I understand. Yeah. Explain uh, the horse betting basics for people. Sure. Well, you mentioned win, place, show. That's very basic. You bet to win, the horse has to win. You bet to place, he has to come in first or second. He doesn't have to be second. First or second, you'll cash. Show means he has to be anywhere in the top three. It doesn't matter where he finishes, as long as he's first, second, or third. Very basic. That's called a straight wager. The other wagers are called exotic wagers, and they can be vertical or horizontal. Okay, a vertical wager is an exacta, a trifecta, or a superfecta. And all that means is you're going to pick the first two horses in order, like the one and the eight. Okay, then they would have to come in one first and eight second. That would be an exacta because it's in exact order. Okay, a trifecta, same thing. Top three in order, superfecta, top four in order. The harder it gets, obviously, it's harder to pick four in order than it is two. It's going to pay more. Okay, and based okay. on the odds, even more. Now, a horizontal wager is like a daily double, pick three, pick four, pick five. That just means you're going to pick the winner of two races, three races, four races, or five races in a row. Real hard to pick five winners in a row. Horse racing is difficult anyway to pick one, let alone five. But when you do it, you get paid well. Like that's a 50-cent wager, and a few weeks back we had one pay like $30,000 for a 50-cent bet. Wow. So it's hard to do, but when you do it, you're collecting big money. I'm taking notes. Yeah, I mean, you go to the track, it's worth – the $4 to bet on all eight races at 50 cents. Yeah. I mean, well, it we costs you $4 for right. a chance to win 30000 You can do it cheaper than that. We have a $0.10 cent bet. The Superfecta is a $0.10 cent minimum bet. So all you have to do is, you know, if you like them one, two, three, four in order, for $0.10 cents you can bet them one, and you got something to root for, you know? You have to have four horses in order in a Superfecta, but even if you box them, the word box just means betting every combination. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you box four horses in a 10 cent super, that's $2 and 40 cents. 
you hardly buy a lottery. The Powerball is two dollars, okay? And if you hit that, boom, you know, you got a big payout, maybe thousands of dollars. So there's a there's lots of ways to play. And you know, if you don't want to study and go into all the handicapping, you can just pick numbers. Yeah. Be a casual fan. There you go. Yeah. I'm gonna start listening Bet to your you. birthday. You know, okay, whatever your birthday work. numbers, whatever that is. The only time I've ever looked at horse racing is just and bet was was on the uh their Kentucky clever Derby. names. Oh, yeah, I thought you, you would know? say the Kentucky Derby because most casual fancy that's all they know. But ba- yeah, well, based on their really clever names, horses do have funny names. We had one run the other night. His name was Wawa Weewa. That's <gasps> the name of the horse. Like Borat. Yeah. I like Wawa. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> yeah Wawa Weewa. That's amazing. Now, what do you recommend for someone that wants to come to the track? They've very little experience when it comes to horse racing. How do you best maximize your day and and, and the time of the track? How to best enjoy. A night at Delta Downs. Well, first of all, I would allot a certain amount of money that you want to play with. Okay, if you want to, you want to lose more than twenty dollars, take twenty dollars. Bet two dollars a race. You know, you can have a blast with two dollars. We just explained they can make a ten cent bet. Go to the program stand. Get yourself a program. You have to know the names and the numbers of the horses. Okay, can't bet on them without that. So get your program. And by the way, on Wednesdays you get a free program with your Boyd Rewards card. So and that's absolutely free. So on Wednesdays you don't even have to pay for a program. All right. So you come out, you get that, you go to the program stand. If you have questions, you don't know where to go, what to do, ask the staff at the program stand and the mutuals window. They are tremendous at Delta Downs. I get comments on this all the time. They're like, we didn't know what we're doing, and we came there and asked them this and that. They showed us all night long what to do, and we had a wonderful time, and we're coming back. Okay, so ask questions. Don't be shy. Then figure out where you want to go. We've got the grandstand. We've got the track apron. We've got the paddock. We've got the OTB. Figure out where you want to watch the races or move around throughout the night. You know, people go to the paddock and they watch the horses saddle up for the evening. You're right there in front of them. You see them walk right by you. You know, maybe you like the gray horse because he's got a twinkle in his eye. Who knows, you know? <laughs> uh, so you, you do that. Then you go make yourself a bet on every race. Get yourself a nice drink. There's two bars in the OTB. Got the food court. Of course, we got restaurants. We'll talk about that in a minute. Get yourself some good food and sit back and watch it. Watch me on TV. And hopefully I have one of those nights like my friend when he won $3,000 and you go home with a boatload of cash. But if, even if you don't, you'll have a lot of fun. That sounds great. You know, we we went to Delta Downs, we visited, and what was really cool, I think, about um, entering, like, the main doors in the front mm-hmm. was, like, the open aspect of it. Like, you've got your casino, you've got the restaurants off to the left, and you can see straight out right. the back doors, and you can see Delta Downs written along the track. And I think that that is just really neat experience just walking in. And like you said, right. it's a more intimate feel. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's smaller, but, but it's so neat in that way. It's so unique. You're part of all the action. Yeah. Like you said, you walk in and you say, you see almost everything we have to offer in one shot, you know? And to the left was the hotel. You didn't even mention that. So the hotel no, right I didn't there. even mention the hotel. <laughs> yeah, right down the corridor, you've got exactly. the hotel, you've got the restaurants, the casino, Well, in the Rosewater, we talk, we talk about restaurants, not to get ahead of ourselves, but the restaurant there is so nice because it's right on track level. Did, did you guys go in there? Have you been in there, the Rosewater? No, the Rosewater was closed when we went yeah. by, but we ate at the Tin Lizard, which was absolutely delicious. Yeah, exactly. But the Rosewater is a track level and it's right by the track. It's probably 50 feet from the rail. And if you get a booth right by the window there, you can watch them run right by while you're having your juicy steak and baked potato. It's incredible. What other experiences does Delta Downs offer outside of just the track? Well, you got the track, you have the casino with over 1,500 slot machines. And by the way, we are revamping it. And that's one thing I love about Boyd Gaming that I work for. 
They don't take their casinos open them and let them sit there 20 years and the carpet get old and blah, blah, blah. They revamp them. They, they make it so you have fun. You come back and then all of a sudden the place changes. Oh, I got new machines. I got new, there's new carpet, new atmosphere, new this. So it's totally revamped. It's beautiful. You've got the uh, sports book. We've got FanDuel Sportsbook there now. Okay, that opened about a year and a half ago. So the sports fans come. They bet NFL football. Um, you know, their partner, their friend may go out and play the slots or they go get something to eat while they're watching the game. You got races coming on that night. We just simulcast the Breeders' Cup. You know, that's the world championships of horse racing. I was out at Santa Anita. We, were, we did that last week. Um, you've got the hotel. When you're in the hotel, you've got the aquatic center. You've got the pool. You've got, I mean, there's so many things to do there. It's a one-stop shop for entertainment. You can spend a weekend, a night, or an evening there and the event center with concerts and stuff. And uh, you, I, I don't see how you can't be entertained. I mean, it's absolutely an incredible facility. And it's funny because when I first came here, and I interviewed for the job, and it was different back in 03, of course. We didn't have all this stuff, didn't have the hotel and all these things. Driving through the country, you know, I turned north going out of Vinton off the highway, and I'm, where in the world am I? I'm out in the country. There's nothing here. And then all of a sudden, you see this racetrack. And what's cool is I drive home at night. I'll go down and get on the highway to come home uh, toward Lake Charles here. And uh, the lights are on, still on the track, because I haven't turned them off yet, you know. And from I-10, you can see this glowing thing in the sky, you know, and you're like, there's something going on over there. You know, there's an event going on. So it's really cool. It is. And the grounds are beautiful, too. As we were pulling up when we visited, um, just the, the grounds, you know, you've got the white fencing all around it. It's set back off the road. I really love that. I was telling Brady as we went past that sometimes big buildings like this events centers and things like that can be kind of um obtrusive in a way but there's like houses just down the block from from delta downs and it's it's really nice it's just a beautiful thing this to look one's at. like it's nestled in the woods i yeah. would say and then across the street you'll, you'll notice a house you mentioned houses close by the guy who opened the track and built it lee berwick lived across the street and he had walked to work so he was right there you know he was it's not even a quarter mile. You walk right to work. And he had horses and the fences you mentioned and all yeah, that. Yeah, it's, right be- it's beautiful out there. And it's really unassuming as you're traveling those back highways. You mm-hmm. would not think that that's, you're about to come up on that. It's great. It's a pleasant surprise. No, we enjoyed our time there as we ate and kind of took in the atmosphere. And I'm sure anyone that's going will do the same, especially like we talked about, you know, if you're really into what goes on at the track. And even if you're not, give it a try. Uh, I'm sure there's tons of people, like you say, that message you all the time that kind of let you know just that. Well, and the funny thing is I meet people all the time here in Lake Charles in Southwest Louisiana. And, you know, what do you do? I'm the track announcer. Oh, really? Delta Downs? Yeah, I haven't been there in forever. And I'm like, come on. It's not like it used to be. It's so much more. Oh, I went there when I was a kid in the 90s or something. Nothing like that. This is a total entertainment center now. Not just a racetrack, not just a casino, hotel, restaurant, sports bar, entertainments, concert. We've got it all. Got everything. And it's kind of the the welcome mat to Louisiana, especially if you're coming eastbound uh, from Texas and, and further west. It's kind of that welcome mat to Louisiana as well. It's the gateway. There you go. That's what they call it, the, the gateway. gateway. Yeah. The that's gateway. what the sign said. Yep. Hey, that's what the sign says, the yep. gateway to Cajun country. Yep. That's it. Well, we appreciate you coming on and talking about Delta Downs and promoting what is another amazing asset here in southwest Louisiana. Yeah, and I think it's underappreciated. Like I say, if people would just come out there once, they would come back again and again. But they just need to make the one trip out in the country, and you'll see what we have to offer. Thanks again to Don for joining us here on the show, and thank you for taking time out of your day to join us here on the podcast. If you enjoyed the show and our new host, please follow the podcast, leave us a rating or review. It will help us grow our audience and further share our unique experiences that Southwest Louisiana 
and Lake Charles has to offer. Just go to visitlakecharles.org slash podcast for more episodes, where to eat, and events happening this weekend. I'm Jillian Quarter. And I'm Brady Raynard. Thanks again for coming play at Louisiana's Playground. Said to you. Thank you.